Hello and welcome to our very first and possibly last, depending on how it goes today, podcast. Uh, my name is Stuart and my co-host is... Lewis. Hello, Lewis. And uh, we're doing this because we've got nothing better to do on a Saturday. Uh, we could be going out and enjoying the sun and the, the lovely weather, but unfortunately we're not going to talk about films because that's what people want to do these days. So, um, so Lewis, not in a contrived way at all. Why are we going to do this today, Lewis? Lewis has lost the plot. Because our website is called So Spock is Dead. And why is it called that, Lewis? Because Spock died. He did indeed, but that's not quite where it came from. But you can look at our website for that if you want to discuss uh, why we've got the name So Spock's Dead. Um, so in honour of uh, Mr. Mr. Spock, who is no longer with us, literally and uh, metaphysically, um, we decided that for this first one, we'd have a look at uh, one of our favourite films, which is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Is that right, Lewis? That's very true. So um, I've been a fan of Star Trek for possibly a very, very long time. He's uh, old. I am old. Thanks very much. Thanks for finally piping in with something there that was uh, completely irrelevant. Um, but yes, I am quite old, and I've been a fan of Star Trek for as long as I can remember. Um, the original series, Next Gen... DS9, Voyager, maybe not so much Enterprise, but that's just me. Um, and I can edit all this out in a minute. It's absolutely fine because I made no sense at all in my head. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I've been a fan for as long as I can remember, and it's something I, I do enjoy. I'm not going to deny it. I really do enjoy these things. They're very funny. Uh, they're very moving, they're very passionate about what they do, especially all the fans as well. And uh, so, yeah, we thought we'd look at Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. So, Lewis, tell us a little bit about The uh, the Wrath of Khan. It's probably considered the best Star Trek. Yes, definitely. Movie. Ever. In some people's eyes. Most people's eyes. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's a sequel to Space Seed. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, it uh, from the original series, uh, from 1966-67 season, the first season. Um, it does start Ricardo Montalban. I'm probably going to have to edit that out. It starts Ricardo Montalban uh, as Khan Noonien. I can never remember if it's Sung or Sing off the top of my head. I'll have Sing, to I think. Khan Noonien Sing, thank you. And uh, he plays a genetically altered prince from 1996, which obviously never really happened in the real world. But uh, never mind, it's sci-fi. In the world of sci-fi, it it doesn't matter because it's only a TV show, as as I keep getting told. But um, so yes, it's Khan, and he gets discovered by the Enterprise and tries to. Oh, spoiler alert! By the way, spoiler, spoiler. Sorry and uh, tries to take over the ship, but is defeated and ends up being deposited on a planet. So um, we pick up the action about 15 years later when um, good old Captain Kirk, who's now Admiral Kirk, sorry, Admiral. Bored out of his skull. Admiral. Admiral. As, as, as Khan might possibly say it. Um... He's great impressions, as you can tell. I'm not at all. I'm really bad, so apologies in advance. But um, 
Yeah, so we pick up the action about 15 years later. We're going to skip over the, st uh, the motion picture because it's very good, in a way. Um, but but Spock doesn't die. Uh, yes, and if we started watching it now, then we'd probably be here till Christmas until it finished. Um, because you have to stop it every 10 minutes and have a drink. And there's a fly or something. Yeah, apologies if you hear outdoor noises. We're sort of near near the great outdoors, which is lovely. And it's a lovely day, so we should be doing not this. But what the heck? So, yeah, so uh, pick up the action 15 years later. So, um, Lewis, tell us all about the film. Give us a brief summary. Well, without giggling like a schoolgirl. Basically, Khan is very unhappy with William Shatner's Kirk. Very, very unhappy. Very Why? angry. Why is he unhappy? After he left him on the planet, SETI Alpha 5. Uh, in the intervening 15 years, his wife was killed in an accident, which has got nothing to do with Kirk, but Kirk never went back to say, Hello! I'm not sure he quite say it like that, but yeah, the sentiment's there. Well, I'm not as good at impressions as you. <coughs> Thank you. Basically, he decides he's going to go after Kirk. Revenge is a dish best served cold, which is apparently a Klingon proverb. Indeed, I think it's actually Greek, but we'll yeah. skip over that. Gene Roddenberry can steal what he wants. So, he has Chekhov do what he wants him to do and calls Carol Marcus and says, we want the Genesis device, we're coming to get it. And then she calls Kirk and says, look, what's going on? You've ordered this. So Kirk gets brought into the action. So he gets to captain the Enterprise once again, which is always what he wanted to do anyway. It's convenient, isn't it, really? Uh. Well, that is his story of I don't want to be Admiral. It's boring. I want to get back out there. It's lucky that uh, the present captain of the Enterprise is a Vulcan and has no ego to bruise. No ego to bruise, yes. To get really... I did my homework. I watched this last night because I've watched it for a long time. Basically, by the time the Enterprise gets to Carol Marcus, there's nobody left. It appears that everyone's dead. Hung upside down, tortured for information, and the Genesis device is safe, but they didn't know that at that time. Uh, so they they transport themselves into the center of regular one, uh, sorry, regular, not regular one, and um, Kirk meets his son for the first time, and other stuff happens. They live in a lovely place for like an hour, where there's fruit and trees and other stuff. And um, then they get rescued, and then there's a, a bit of a battle, and then stuff happens. And then this is always the point, because Lewis and I used to work together, this is always the point in the story where the phone would ring, because we worked in a call centre. And then we'd have to pick it up and go, oh, so, Spock's dead. That's where the name comes from, sorry, just drop it in. And uh, and then the film ends, and it uh, you see that Spock's photon torpedo tube uh, has landed softly on the Genesis planet, leaving it open for well, whatever might happen next. That's a very brief potted history of Star Trek Two, by the way. 
There are much better expression expressions. Oh, I'm going to start that again. That's a very potted history of Star Trek Two. There are much better explanations out on the internet. I suggest possibly Wikipedia or Memory Alpha. They're both quite good sources. Would you like to go into more detail? Favorite scene? Uh, no, I think we'll just call it quits there. Goodbye. No, not really. Um, I'm sure I saw this in the cinema when I was very young because it came out in 1982, so I'd have been about 9, 10 when I saw it. And I really loved it. I've loved it ever since I first saw it. So we're talking quite a long time because I'm quite old. Thanks, Lewis. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking about 30 years that I've been a fan of this film. And... Obviously, the older you get, the more you, you get from it. Because you ooh, space battles, it's amazing, ooh, uh, when you're sort of like 10. And then you kind of get some of the, more the symbolism from it, you know, life and death and all this. Um, and you get other references, like the, the Charles Dickens references and the Shakespeare references. And uh, it's... I think I think the film grows on you. The more you watch it, you, the more you get out of it. It's like, like most things, I suppose. The more you watch it, the more you get out of it. I really, I really like um, the character of Khan. Don't know why. He's a little bit cheesy. Uh, they keep him kind of like sixties, like him and his him and his crew. Because watching this last night with my other half, it's like they're all a bit sixties. Yeah, that's when it. Yeah, that's when it's on the telly. But they they kind of keep his character true, and even even though he's nothing like he was in Space Seed, really. You you can see where the characters develop from and how he goes a little bit mad, even though he's super brainy and, and augment as they call them in Star Trek Enterprise. Um, you can see where his character's coming from, from the death of his wife, and he blames Kirk for everything and and why he wants to kill him. And I I think that's justifiable, <laughs> really. <laughs> you know, if I was a super powered prince from 1996, I'd probably feel exactly the same. Lewis. Stuart. Lewis. Stuart. Lewis. You're a, you're a recent convert to uh, this trekking through the stars malarkey. Hence the story about so Spock's dead. So what, what's your take on, on the film? What's your favourite part of it? Probably the scene, obviously the obvious one, so Spock's dead, the, de the Spock death scene. The whole thing is brilliant from when he leaves his chair, when nobody notices from the bridge, goes down... Bones and Sky try to convince him otherwise. He's having none of it. He knows what he needs to do. Remember. <laughs> so that there is some form of Spock later on. And then he goes into the engine room and does what he needs to do. It's very sad, very happy moment because of the victory. Yeah. And then you're going from, yes, we beat Khan to, oh no, beloved character has died. And and I have to say, and I, I I'm not embarrassed to say, I cry every single time I watch it. And I I cried last night, and I will cry next time I watch it as well because it's very sad. And that's some keys in the background. Um, and but it, it's a very mo moving part of the film, and I think it's played very very well. Um, Kirk is very subdued for a change. He is. He's he's almost normal. 
isn't he? Really, he's almost a normal actor there, Mister Mister Shannon. They really make believe that they are best friends. Yeah, and what? it's it's a very touching scene, as, and the next bit as well, where he's he's doing his little monologue. Uh, well, I think before we get there, I think the the way they finish each other's sentences with the the needs of the many. Yeah, and the way that they do it between each other, and it then he finally goes, and it's. Well, it, it echoes that scene earlier on, doesn't it? Where he goes, I have no way to bruise, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, the monologue in the funeral scene, that's the bit that gets me. Yeah. When he says he's the most human soul he's ever come across. Yeah. Which is big, big praise considering he's a Vulcan. <laughs> or that half human, but still. I do like the bit that when he's there and uh, Leonard Nimoy's doing his Vulcan hand signal, which I'm doing now, which you can't see. And um, William Shatner just can't do it. He just cannot do it, and he tries. He really, really does try in that scene to do it, and he, does, he just goes, oh, I'll put my hand there. I can't do it, but I'm trying. And it, it's just a nice touch, because he knows he can't do it. He's never been able to do it, I don't think. And, um, it, I didn't know he couldn't do it. No, he can't do it. He, he, he's, he's one of the many that can't do it's it. quite special. And uh, it's it's just really touching. And as I say, it, does, it, it gets me every single time. There's only a couple of films where there are moments A couple of films. Well, it's quite a few films, really, because I'm a bit of a softie. But, um, but there's only a couple of films that really make me feel... And, and this is one of them. And it is just... shows you how good the writing and acting yeah. is, considering you know that he's not... You know he's coming back. Yeah. Even, like, now you know he's coming back. Still gets you. But you didn't. In 1982... No, no, of course then you didn't, no. Because there was no... But even I knew, because obviously I was yeah. late to it. I knew he wasn't dead. Well, he was dead, but he comes back, and it still got me. Yeah. So it just shows you how good they really are. Yeah, and I think it's it's everyone else as well. That final bit where he's being laid to rest and being, you know, you see him in his torpedo tube, and and even Kirsty Alley, who is actually quite good in the film. I have to, we haven't mentioned Kirsty Alley yet, but pre Cheers, um, as Lieutenant Savick, I, th- I think she does a fantastic job throughout the whole film. Um, she does what she needs to do. Yeah. She questions Kirk at the right yeah. points. Tries to get out of him how he did the Kobayashi Baru. Yeah. Um, and they win scenario he doesn't believe in. She's kind of like his conscience almost in the film. She kind of says, well, you should have done that. And then he picks up on it and he goes, you know, you keep quoting general order at me. Which she does to some comedic effect a little bit later when she beams down with him. Um, but yeah, she, she she's there crying. Ooh, a Vulcan crying. Obviously, later we find out she's half Romulan, I believe. Um, I'm going to get picked up on that, aren't I? Because it's probably not true, but I don't care. <coughs> but, um, the, yeah, I, 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 that last bit, and you've got um, Merritt Buttrick and, oh, I've forgotten her surname, Doodah, what's it, Carol Marcus. Um, and they're all there. And, you know, they're only, like, guest actors in the film, but they really do put their whole heart into it. And it's brilliant to watch. And it, it is very well acted. Um, another another shout out I must say to um, James Dewan always always one of my favourite actors um, I've seen him in a few things and I love him as Scotty he's just so amazing even though he's Canadian um, <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to Canada but it's it's um, in the sort of theatrical cut you don't realise who midshipman Peter Preston is uh, you you do find out in the book, which I did read when I was little, and in the extended version of the film, the director's cut, that it's it's his nephew. So that's why he gets so upset by it. 
which is a shame they cut it out, but then obviously you've got all this other stuff going on later in the film. But yeah, James Stewart is absolutely phenomenal. He's not in it a lot, but he, he, he does his part. The death still makes an impact, I think, because I didn't know that, and it's to the way he dies and his final words, and it just works, I think, when Scotty's reaction brings him to the bridge. Yeah. Wrong place to bring him, but yeah, the whole death scene is really good. There's a lot of death in this film. There it's yeah, it's which is unusual. Considering after they do this funeral scene of Spock, it's very very hopeful, <laughs> and they clearly reference that he's coming back. Yeah, Kirk literally says, <laughs> "We'll see him again. Don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like he read the script for the third one. At least he didn't write it. That is or direct it, <laughs> which is which is a whole other issue. Should we go on to a bit more lighter stuff in this film? Yes, let's go on to the lighter stuff. Um, one scene I find very funny is, well, any time that Bones is talking to Spock, that's always very funny, when he shouts at him, tells him off, says he's green-blooded, that's always very funny. But just the relationship in, in general between Kirk, Spock and Bones is brilliant, which yeah. I think they've brought over to the new films very well they've kept that intact yeah, yeah, yeah. considering in the original ones they're the only ones that really speak Sulu doesn't really speak well he didn't get a chance did he because Shatner cut all his lines Chekhov is just there because he's there it's just those three driving the movie but that's not a bad thing because they're all very good actors yeah. Shatner's overacts but I love him so it works for me you know you're going to burn in Star Trek hell for saying that without saying I love Shatner <laughs> okay alright you get that off then you get Star Trek heaven instead <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, as you say, it's it's something that came over from the original series, and and they do it very well, uh, and it's it's echoed again later in other films. We won't go into that now, but it is echoed later in other films that they they have this bond, if you like, between them. And it's like, it's like it shows. it's like they've become brothers in a way. Yeah, what they've been through, what they've seen. Yeah, even though they still have that when bones. <laughs> He's not happy or something. He'll bring it up. He's not a calm person. <laughs> Considering he's a doctor, he he's a be. southern doctor, though, isn't he? You know, you're not going to get any anything from a southern doctor. Then take two tablets and see me in a week if you still don't feel very well with your arm hanging off. It'll be fine. Yeah. Very very good. It's always good. N anything they do in any of the films that they slay me, I think they're brilliant. But I I always hear a lot of chat about how. Kirk isn't the best captain, it's Jean-Luc Picard. I'm probably going to die for saying this. I'm going to be killed by Star Trekkies, but I think he's brilliant. I think Shatner's amazing. I know he overacts and he's cheesy as hell, but I I love the character of Kirk. He, he likes the antiques. He's yeah. goes yes. by the, he goes by his gut and his heart, although he does learn from Spock to be a bit logical sometimes. Yeah, he's very gung-ho. Um, I, I do like the antique. I, I, he does have a Commodore on his... Uh, in the bay window in his, uh, in, his, in his house overlooking the bay in San Francisco. He does have a Commodore CBM computer, which was probably still quite modern, I believe, in 1982. But they, they very rightly put it as an antique. Sorry, that's just a very nerdy moment. I do apologise. Um, well, his birthday senior, when eh? he was given Romulan beer. Yes. And his birthday. Yeah, which is illegal. Um, but it, that, that, actually, that scene is very good. The two of them, uh, DeForest Kelly and, and William Shatner, when he's just telling him, you know, get your command back, you're going to become part of this collection. You're going to become an antique, which is very true. And Spock says it again later. 
uh, you know, take over control of the ship. Uh, I have no ego to bruise, so just do it. It's it's your destiny. Anything else is a waste of material. So you know, I mean, all right, it's being rammed down your throat a little bit. That he's going to get the ship back, but it's done in it. He's a, even a even though he knows as well, it takes a while for him to actually do it because yeah. he comes up with excuses not to do it. Cause but as soon as he does it, he's just like, I've got the Enterprise back. If you if you if you read some of the, the books around it, um, I genuinely can't remember what it's called. I think it's called The Lost Years. And it's set between the end of the five-year mission and the motion picture. And it's how he becomes ad- an admiral and takes on this responsibility for this, that, and the other. And even then, you, you really go, no, don't, don't, don't give it up. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stay, stay. But, you know, obviously, there's been like 10 years between the end of the series and the films. And he wanted a promotion, so what the hell? You thought it was a good idea at the time? Which yeah. you do when you yeah. get a promotion. You think, oh, let's do it. Then you realise, I don't get to run around the galaxy with the Enterprise. Yeah, but galloping around the cosmos is a game for the young, isn't it? As he as he says at the beginning of the film. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> don't know. But he reads his book later, so that's fine. Um, I think the director, Nick Meyer, um, he does kind of shoehorn the odd reference in for sort of your Shakespeare's and your... Um, which he does later in episode in uh, six. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Shakespeare in Star Trek six, and there's there's a little bit of that in Star Trek two. It works. It it does work. I mean, I I don't know, personally have an issue with it. I know some people do. Separates um, it from any other sci-fi, doesn't it? Makes it yeah. a bit more. It, it it adds that, and it's it's not done in a way that detriments the story. You know, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yeah, I mean that's that's. I love that I'm scene actually, the whole where thing. he says, uh, is there a hidden meaning? And he says, not that I'm aware of, <laughs> but happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we walk, when, they, when they walk out the simulator, he just looks at him and goes, aren't you dead? <laughs> Echoes. <laughs> Echoes of the future there. That whole opening scene is brilliant. If you don't know anything about it and you think they're all dying, but then if you watch it again, it's very comical because yeah. they're really bad at dying. <laughs> they they aren't the best. It's a little bit like, oh, it's a comedy spot today. I'm going to die like this. And Michelle Nicole just kind of like slump, slumps in a chair a bit. Um, bless George Takei. He, he does he does really kind of go for it. And so does DeForest Kelly, actually, as well. He's slumping back, whacking his head back on there. With uh, When uh, Kurt comes in and he's <laughs> he says, uh, physician, heal thyself, and he says, is that it? Is that what you've got to say? <laughs> what about my acting? <laughs> Bones is brilliant. Yeah. DeForest, DeForest Kelly is a, is a fantastic actor who did a lot of work. I didn't realise. I did do some research, actually. I, I did do some research for this. You might be surprised. Oh, one and probably only listener. Um, Which is probably me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's already on my podcast list to download. Um, but yeah, he, he did loads, of stu- loads and loads of stuff to DeForest Kelly before he did Star Trek. Um a very you know, kind of well-respected actor in the business, and um, and as is such, ever since he did, he didn't do anything else. But you know, well, you don't need to. You got the money. And if you love the, what you're doing, yeah, why bother? Yeah. Oh, there was something I noticed last night, and I can't remember. It was oh, there's a line somewhere, and it just reminded me of what's his name. Home Improvements. Sam Allen? Yeah. From Galaxy Quest. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear. There, there's a... <laughs> edit all this shit out, it's fine. 
Um, I said shit. Sorry, this is not explicit. Um, there's a there's a moment where Kirk's trying to do something, and it's exactly says it in exactly the same way as Tim Allen says it as Commander um, Ness Nesmith. I forgot. Oh, Gina Galaxy Quest is one of my favourite films. And they just say it in exactly the same way, so I don't know if it's a little homage to Star Trek Two in it or not. Galaxy Quest was just Star Trek ripoff. Galaxy Quest is a very good film, which I absolutely adore. I saw that in the cinema when it came out in 1999, I think it was. Yeah, and I've loved it ever since. Uh, Sigourney, it's Frank is one of Sigourney Weaver's finest roles. Tarly Madison. So Ellen Ripley wouldn't be that. I said one. I didn't say her finest role. But we're digressing slightly, Lewis, which is naughty and bad, and we'll get told off by our, our one and only listener. But yes. Um, Sum up Kirk in this film. You'd have to watch Generations, which is crap. But if you... The one line that would sum up sum him up is when he says to Picard, do not take a promotion. Stay, keep the Enterprise. Yeah. Do not let them take it away from you. Definitely. That absolutely sums up who Kirk is. He needs to be the captain of the Enterprise. That's who he is. It's his destiny. And I believe he does it while wearing pantyhose. Mm. So the rumour says. Um, Lovely. But yeah, no, it, it is true. You know, it's 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 what he was designed for. Um, there's a little line at the end of Star Trek IV where he says, I, I recommend you for a promotion in whatever fleet we end up in. Which is... <laughs> is quite nice. So they're all still together. It is weird how they're all still together after all these years. They've been flying around the galaxy for like five-year mission. They clearly should have retired. Some of they, them. They all go off and do other things. Uh, you know, Hura uh, goes off and does bits and pieces and whatever, and then they all have other adventures. If you read all the books, which I haven't, and then miraculously, they all come together for Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Ooh, how exciting! But um, it's it's nice that they they kept the old team. Well, definitely. You couldn't ha- you couldn't have anyone else, could you? Except Sulu doesn't say anything, so that's a bit. It's a bit bad. Maybe that's why he did the overacting when he died. Sorry, at the sorry if you listen to this, George Takei. If you ever get to listen to this, I I think you're brilliant. By the way, I think you're brilliant as well. But <laughs> you were robbed in these yeah, films. You were robbed. You're definitely robbed until Star Trek Six, when you got your own ship, obviously. Yes, which is also a very good film. Amazing film, but we'll talk about that another time, I'm sure. Um. Anything else you wish to discuss, Lewis? No, I think we've uh, covered it, haven't we? I'm sure there's plenty of people who won't be listening to this. Uh, but anyone who does, uh, please, please, please let us know what you think. We do have a website. Uh, details are attached. Um, please come and leave us a message. This will be on there at some point. Uh, so whether you get this on iTunes, if it ever gets allowed on iTunes, which would be nice. Um, if it gets on to anything else I'll be amazed but uh, thank you very much for listening and giving us half an hour of your time and uh, maybe maybe we'll come back and do another one and be better this is our first attempt so be yeah. nice yeah. constructive criticism only Constru- <laughs> yeah any, anything that's, that's rude and detrimental will just be deleted and uh, erased from history or we'll just cry ourselves to sleep <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that that could happen because I am prone to crying, as I may have mentioned earlier several times. Um, we are we are looking at ideas for our, our next one. We are, yeah, we're planning ahead. We're planning ahead this time, uh, so we uh, we may do something a little bit more up to date and modern, woohoo, rather than the film from thirty two years ago. 
33 years ago. It's about quality, not age. It is quality, not quantity. Doesn't really work, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on that bombshell, as uh, Alan Partridge w- would once have said, uh, this is this is Alan Ripley signing off from the Nostromo. Wrong franchise. Oh, sorry. Sorry, it's <laughs> Stu. <laughs> Then goodbye. Farewell. Goodbye. Thank you for listening.